Welcome to the CRNA Club Podcast, where we talk all things CRNA. As a practicing CRNA, I'm sharing everything I wish I knew when I was applying to CRNA school. I'm Sachi, your host and number one fan. Let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the CRNA Club Podcast. I am taking a trip down memory lane today. I am going back in time, imagining myself six, seven years ago when I was in your shoes, trying to figure out what school I wanted to go to, how I was going to get in, how I was going to stand out, how to get into CRNA school, and what are some things that I would have done differently. Now, I know there's so much on your plate. You are trying to figure out if you want to take the GRE or you're studying for the GRE, you're studying for your CCRN, you're trying to shadow a CRNA, you're trying to get A's in those science classes that you are, you are retaking, you're dusting off your resume, you're thinking about your personal statement. Oh my gosh, I know there is so much to do. So I hope this episode teaches you a few things. First of all, I always hope that I can teach you some things. And Secondly, I I hope this helps you avoid making some of the same mistakes that I did. And that is always my goal when I talk to you and is always my goal when I share and create content. I want to help you avoid some of the pains that I went through and some of the heartache and not make those same critical mistakes that I did that cost me time, money, and effort. So here at the CRNA Club, that is what we always strive to do is just make your life a little easier, be a little more transparent, give you a little bit more of the nitty gritty details of how you can make tactical moves to actually shift the needle and to actually get things done quicker and more efficiently so you don't have to waste so much time and you can get into CRNA school and start living your dream life. Okay, so let's, let's jump into it. The first thing I would have done differently before applying to CRNA school is I would have saved a little bit more money. Now, I definitely, definitely think before you go to school, you should take an awesome vacation. You should take your family on a trip. You should do a staycation. You should not work for a little bit. Don't work up until that day you go back to school, your start date, take some time off, relax. I do believe that. You know, if you're finding out you're getting into school six months to a year before your program starts, you have time to save some money, but also take a nice vacation. But I would have saved some money because right now all programs are doctorate programs. They are 36 plus months long. And some of the programs you can work during that first or second semester where you're doing all your didactic work, you're not in clinicals, but a lot of the programs will not allow you to work. And that's how it was when I was in school too. And I know some of my classmates did the odd pickup shift here or there, but nobody was working part-time. Nobody was working full-time. Picked up shifts here and there, yes, totally fine. But I mean, they're not like making bank or anything. But the reason why I say I would have saved more money is because one, I would have liked a little extra spending money for for fun money, for fun stuff going back to visit my family or taking a little trip. Like a lot of you are going to go to school in some place that might be new for you that you've never lived before. I am from Hawaii. I moved to LA. I worked at UCLA Medical Center in the ICU. 
and that was awesome. But then when I wanted to go back to school, I moved to Washington, D.C. because I wanted to live on the East Coast. I was tired of the West Coast. Sorry if you're from the West Coast, love the West Coast, but I was ready to experience what the East Coast was like. So I only applied to schools in like New York City, Chicago, D.C. Uh, I think I applied to some place in North or South Carolina as well. Anyway, I wanted to experience something different. And I know that's what a lot of you are looking for as well, to experience something different. So having a little fun money to take some small trips and do something else without having to like feel guilty about using your loan money is great. The other reason I would have saved more money is, okay, so when you take out loans, and most likely you're going to have to take out some loans, you take out one particular loan. I believe it's the Grad Plus loan. One of them, there's unsubsidized, subsidized, and then like your Grad Plus. I believe it's the Grad Plus, but one of those types of loans starts accruing interest. Like once you take it out and as you're going through the program. The other two types of loans, I believe, do not accrue interest until you've graduated. But there's one type of loan that does accrue interest from when you take it out. So if you take out loans your first semester, that is going to be accruing interest for the entire three years that you're in that program. So what I would have done differently is I would have saved some money and I would have tried to pay for as much school as I could in the beginning. And particularly, I would have tried to avoid taking out those loans where the interest starts to accrue while you're in the program, where there's no pause button on that interest accrual. That's what I would have done. Because you think that the program is going to cost you $150,000, right? That's what they have on their website. The school says, our program is $150,000. And that's the debt you're going to come out with if you don't pay for any of it yourself, okay? Fair. However, what about that interest that is accruing from the beginning? So you think you're going to come out with 150K in debt? Really? It's maybe for like 160, 170? Maybe. I don't know exactly the number. But my point is, if you're taking out loans where the interest is accruing from day one, you're going to have more debt than that. Just something to keep in mind. I also would have applied to more schools and researched them a little bit better. I went to Georgetown and I am so happy I went there. I loved the school. And I'm so thankful that I got into Georgetown and had such a great experience. I was very naive and I was sort of in a rush to apply. And I basically applied to schools that were in super cool cities, which was very silly in retrospect because I barely explored Washington, D.C. while I was in school. That is one of my biggest regrets about being in Sierra Day school was that I never, I like barely did anything cool. I like barely went to the National Monument. I like barely went to any of the cool museums. I think I drove by the White House like one time. So I was kind of silly <laughs> when I was applying to CRNA school. I would have applied to more schools and I would have researched them a little bit better. I would have tried to go to open houses. I would have learned a little bit more about the clinical sites and how they taught students in relation to regional experience and where their clinical placements were. And 
I loved my experience at Georgetown. I think it was so great, but it easily could have been a really bad experience. You know, had I gone to a different school that I just really didn't research all that much. You might really be competing for cases with residents and AAs. You might not get a lot of regional experience. And you guys, when you're looking at schools, looking for a program that is going to give you excellent block experience is so huge. As a practicing CRNA now, I wish, I wish that my regional experience was stellar. One of my best friends is going to take a job where they will teach her regional experience and allow her to be super proficient in that. So where she can do her own blocks. And that is such a great tool to have in her tool belt. I can do them. I know how to do them, but I am not excellent at them because I don't do them every day. So I would have applied to more schools and I would have researched them a bit better. And I would have started researching them pretty early. The reason why you want to start researching your school, even if you're a year out plus, a year plus out, every school is going to have a different requirement. And the one mistake I see CRNA school applicants make over and over and over again, and I just want to shake people and say, well, why didn't you do this sooner? Is they don't start early enough. Yes, you think your application deadline is in July and you're like, okay, January, perfect. I'll start working. You know, it's January. Maybe I'll start working on this February, March. Uh Uh-uh, you are behind the eight ball here. I'm talking a year before your deadline. You need to start thinking about your plan. You need to come up with a strategy on how you are gonna put your best foot forward and get into that program. You're probably gonna have to take a science class over again unless you were... You got A's in all your science classes. You might have to take a science class over again. You might have to take a graduate level science class. And if you are retaking a science class, you are going to want to get an A in said science class. You're going to get a tutor if you have to. You're going to meet some other friends and you're going to study with them. You're going to get an A. If you're going to go through that trouble to retake a science class, you really want to strive to get that A. Okay, so I would have researched them better. I would have started a year in advance given myself more time to study for the GRE. I I took the GRE. And you know, if you're kind of on the fence about taking the GRE, if your GPA is lower, I'm talking under 3.5, a lot of schools do require it. But if they don't require it, and you're on that lower end of the GPA, and I'm I'm doing air quotes with lower because 3.5 isn't low to anybody else. But for a CRNA school applicant, it is a little less than the average. We want to see 3.6, 3.7. Okay, so you're 3.5 or less. You know, if you're considering taking the GRE, you really want to get a 310 or above, but also that writing score. Now, this is something a little different than when I was applying to school. That writing score, we want to see 4.5 or 5. Why? The research project. As a DNP student, you have to do a research project. And I think schools are finding now that people cannot write. People cannot write well. They can't communicate in a scholarly way. They don't understand the research process. So we are looking for people who are good writers. We are looking for people who can do research and contribute to changing the profession and helping us make clinical changes and advancement in anesthesia. So if you are going to take that GRE, don't think that we are just looking at your math and reading scores. We are looking at that writing score. And some schools are looking at it pretty heavily. Yes, you are going to be doing your personal essay and you need to show that you are able to write there as well. But there's also, besides just being able to write, there's information that you're conveying there, right? You're trying to tell a story there. But on the GRE, they are grading you on your ability to write. So 
If you take the GRE, do not neglect that writing section. People are looking at that. Okay, so 4.5 and above. I got a five. Just going to humble brag there. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, but really. Um, okay, sure. And I think you guys will see that. Like, I actually like to write. Like, if you get my emails, I hope you enjoy them because I enjoy writing them for you. And if you're not on my email list, I hope that you join and uh, enjoy the little tidbits I share. But I enjoy writing to you, first of all, in a way that you should not be writing to your admissions professors. Okay, that's a totally different type of writing. I enjoy writing to you as if we're talking and I am trying to teach you things so that you're exposed to them the first time so that the next time you hear about them or the third time you hear about them, it really sticks. And you're like, oh yeah, Sachi said something about that. She told me this like funny story about, you know, she gave propofol and this happened, blah, 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 blah. Then you're going to really remember that. So I enjoy writing and I hope that you can see that in my emails to you, my love letters to you. But if you're not on my email list, I, I invite you. Uh, we have fun. I invite you to to join our weekly-ish newsletter. So anyway, I digress. Shameless plug there. So I would have applied to more schools and researched them better. Okay, number three, topping the list here. I would have learned about the finances surrounding paying for school and paying it off. Now, I am creating a tool for you that is a budgeting calculator that has information on what your salary after school will look like and then comparing that to what loans you have to worry about and kind of giving you an idea of what kind of your take-home pay will be. It's like a really cool calculator that we're working on. It's not meant to be an exact science. There's no way for me to know that, but it's going to give you an idea so you can really see what I was talking about earlier. If you're taking out a lot of money from a loan that accrues interest from day one, it's going to make a difference to your bottom line. So I would talk to a financial advisor. I would take the tool we give you, fill out the spreadsheet, see how the numbers come out, take that information to a financial advisor, see what they say. They are going to be able to advise you on, hey, yes, I think that this is a great decision for you to be paying off interest while you're in school. That way it doesn't accrue. And that way you're going to be able to save X thousands of dollars when you're done. Even that simple change, you know, here we are all about small changes that make a big impact. That is one of our mantras that we repeatedly try to tell ourselves and tell you. There are small things that make a huge difference. Okay. So just that small difference of paying off your interest will make a huge difference three years from now when you're like, getting that final bill and you're like, I'm $175, $175,000 in debt, right? Versus 150 or whatever it is. That makes a difference. So I would have learned more about the finances surrounding paying for school. And I would have taken that to a financial advisor, talked to them, really educated myself about the different types of loans, Perkins, subsidized, unsubsidized, grad plus loans, um, and how the interest is calculated and held. and when you graduate, you can refinance your loans. You can for a lower interest rate. That's what a lot of my colleagues did. The one thing I want you to be aware of, just to get this on your radar, there's a type of loan called a Perkins loan, and this is a government loan. And this one was cool because it was offered, your school will offer it to you. If you work for five years full-time as a CRNA, they will pay off 
your Perkins loan for you. So every year it was like the first year they paid off 10%. And I'm only talking about they're only going to pay off that this particular Perkins loan that you take out, not the subsidized, unsubsidized, or grad plus. This is a different category of loan. So the first year they took, they paid off 10%. The second year it was like 10% of the remaining balance and it was like 20, 20, 20. This loan actually on the paper, it was like, if you're a firefighter, a nurse, or a teacher, and there was like one other career. So I thought that was pretty cool. But the Perkins loan, it will like void your forgiveness ability if you refinance it. So I think a couple of my uh, my classmates refinanced all their loans and they refinanced their Perkins loan too. But then it voided their ability to get that loan forgiveness. So something to keep in mind. Now, this was five, six years ago. So maybe that caveat has changed. Maybe you're allowed to refinance it. I don't know. But I paid off, I think, $25,000 worth of my student. I actually got it forgiven because I worked for five years full time and got that paid off. So that was called the Perkins. And do jobs offer loan forgiveness? Yes. There are jobs out there. They will pay for some of your schooling and your education and your tuition costs. Yes, you are probably going to have to work for them for X amount of years. Make sure that you are happy there before you take that job. Don't just take it because they're offering that. Trust me, if you take a job as a new graduate that pays a ton of money and will repay your loans, but you think you might be miserable there, do not do it because you know what? You're going to end up leaving. And you're going to have to pay that money back if you breach a contract or whatever their fine print is. So really think carefully about this. If they're offering you loan forgiveness, do a little research and make sure that they don't have a super high turnover. Make sure that if the commitment is one year, two year, or three years, make sure you look at that. Maybe you can suck it up for a year, but if they're saying you have to stay there for five years, that's kind of a big deal. Life happens. Things change. You might not want to be there in five years. So just something to really think about. So overall, the three things I would have done differently before applying to CRNA school. One, I would have saved more money. Two, I would have applied to more schools, researched them better, and started sooner. And number three, I would have learned more about finances surrounding paying for school and paying it off before I went back to school. So we have a lot of resources for you on our website. Uh, related to this. We've got that spreadsheet. By the time this episode goes live, we probably will already have it. So you can look in the show notes, but we've got a spreadsheet to help you just start getting your mind thinking about the finances and how much you're going to be making and what your bottom line is going to kind of look at when you graduate. And that'll help you make that decision on, hey, am I going to go to this program that's $100,000 or am I going to go to this program that's one ninety? Okay. So hopefully that helps you there. Um, And then applying to schools early. We have a ton of resources to help you think about the order of operations when you're applying to school. My recommendation is to try to pick your schools really early, about a year in advance, and then start looking, seeing, are you going to need to retake a science class or two? You know, so it's all about planning. You can do anything with the right strategy. And I just want to remind you guys that. So I am always here cheering you on. I hope you found this episode helpful and I will talk to you next time.